everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Hey, New Point, have I told you lately that I love you? I want you to know that I do. And yet the fact of the matter is God loves you even more. And that's one truth I never want you and I to ever, ever forget. And I want to welcome all of our campuses. I want to welcome those of you who are joining us online. We're in this series called Rent Free, Rent Free. Now, my son Jonathan got married this past summer. And uh, his bride, Elise, and him had to go find an apartment. And when they went to find an apartment, you know what? The landlord did an incredible background search on them. I mean, I couldn't believe it. She called their bank. She called references, all of that. And if you are a landlord or maybe a manager of some property, maybe you've done that with your tenants. You know, you want to make sure that they're financially responsible, that they have respect for property and they have a good character. And so landlords, they do their very, very best to be able to filter through and to make sure that uh, the person that's going to occupy maybe their apartment or their house is a good, good person, good quality because they wanna make sure that the tenant follows through on their commitments of their lease and that they don't run into trouble with them. Well, maybe you remember in 2008, kind of 2008, 2010, there was an epidemic in our country on foreclosures, empty homes. They called it the great housing crisis and literally thousands and thousands and thousands of, of homes across America was empty, and they were empty because the banks could not keep up with all of the paperwork, and the homes remained empty, vacant, and what happened was people began to break into those homes and to start to live there for months, some even years, completely rent-free. Think of that, and they called them squatters, and to the naked eye, you know, you couldn't tell that they were illegal tenants. You just thought that they were normal people living in a house. And by the time the banks were able to repossess many of those homes, they found out that they were just vandalized completely, that, that they were destroyed, and they had to bring in carpenters and, and construction crews to remodel them, reestablish them. Do you know that that can happen with you and me? not necessarily in our homes, but in our minds. Unknowingly, we can have squatters in our mind, negative thoughts, narratives, mindsets, perspectives that live rent-free in our minds. And the problem is they steal and they vandalize the sound mind that God has for you and me. We spoke about strongholds, and today what I want to do is I want to walk you through on how you and I can evict those strongholds that want to occupy your mind and destroy it. You see, there's tremendous power in the way in which we perceive things, in the way in which we think, and it goes back to a stronghold 
And I want to give you a definition of a stronghold. Again, a stronghold is a pattern that has been burned into our minds that causes us to think or perceive things in a certain way. That's a stronghold. Guess what? We've all had them in our mind. The question is, how can we evict them? And the reason why this is so important is because how you think will dictate how you live. Do you realize that the average person, that's you and me, we have somewhere between 9,000 and 60,000 thoughts a day, and 75% of those are not good thoughts. <laughs> they're negative thoughts. They're squatters. And 70% of those we repeat over and over again in our minds. And what I want us to understand is this. If those thoughts, if those toxic thoughts are not corrected, if they're not evicted, they will end up governing your life and my life. And they will begin to manifest themselves in how you and I live life every day. And our behavioral patterns will be determined how we feel and how clear our mind is. And if it's not clear, if it's not healthy, if it's not strong, it's possible for you and I to waste our lives because we didn't evict these thoughts. You see, your thoughts produce actions and those actions, guess what? They produce behaviors and they leave a legacy that will echo throughout all of eternity. And I don't want that for you. Matter of fact, God doesn't want that for you. And yet the enemy of our souls knows that nothing would give him greater joy than to see you and I stuck, see you and I wasting our time, seeing you and I spin out of control instead of living out God's plan, God's purpose for our lives. And this is how he operates. You see, your mind, my mind, is a battlefield. It's a war zone. And so we cannot buy into the lie that our thoughts don't matter. They matter, and they matter a lot. Matter of fact, James lets us know that a double-minded man or a person is unstable in all of their ways. And what happens is our enemy wants to come in and he wants to place thoughts in your mind that will cause you and I to be double-minded so that we cannot live a life that is fulfilling. And what happens is our life will be one of instability instead of being stable and full of peace. You see, we have an enemy. There is evil in the world. Peter talks about him. He says, be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, you've got an enemy, okay, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Wow. So Satan's goal is to look like a lion. He's not a lion, but to look like a lion. And he has a roar, and that roar wants to become very, very loud in your life because his goal is to confuse your mind, deceive your mind, and then ultimately, guess what? Control your mind in that order. And so negative thoughts are real, and they can consume us. They can overwhelm us. They can control us. But what I want all of us to know today is, guess what? Here's the good news, all right? You don't have to let that happen. You can evict those thoughts, 
those strongholds in your mind. You don't have to believe them. You don't have to obey them. You don't even have to listen to them. You see, here's what I know. All of your thoughts do not come from you. They do not come from you. I believe that negative thoughts are demonic. They're demonic. You have an enemy that, that wants to shower you with all kinds of negative thoughts, destructive thoughts, horrible thoughts. Have you ever said this? I don't know where that thought came from. I have, guess what, I do, we have an enemy. But if you've accepted Jesus Christ as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, then that's where our hope lies. Look at what Paul says in Colossians 1.13. God rescued us from the dark power of Satan and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. You see, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, you've been rescued from the evil one. He wants you to think that he controls you and that there's nothing that you can do. But the fact of the matter is that's a lie. You see, he wants you to believe that he controls you so he can determine how you think, how you feel, how you behave. And so he plants thoughts in our mind. And we just need to remember that that's all they are. They're thoughts. They're just feelings. And we entertain and we believe thoughts if we're not careful for so long that we believe that that's who we are because that's how he works. And as we're learning, just because you feel something doesn't mean that it's true. It doesn't mean that it's you. You see, what happens is we have to evict negative thoughts in our mind. And there's three main lies and negative thoughts that all of us deal with them. I deal with them, you deal with them, we all deal with them. And the first one is this, I'm helpless. I'm helpless, I'm worthless, I'm unlovable. And all of these lies tell us something about what we think and what we believe about God. You see, if we don't believe what God says about us, you and I will never be able to evict these strongholds in our life. You see, when we believe that we are helpless, what happens is we believe that God doesn't have the ability to give us the strength, the courage, the power to change. When we believe that we're worthless, we're ignoring the fact that we're created in his image. And we don't believe that his creation is worthy. When we believe that we're unlovable, what we're saying is, God, you're a liar. I know that you say that you love me, but I don't believe you. And so it makes sense that if changing our thoughts can make us free, then all hell is going to be against you and I in usurping our thought process and wanting to squat, so to speak, in your mind, in my mind, and take hold and become a stronghold. But we don't have to live with negative thoughts. We can take them captive. And we can do this by following God's plan, by being trained in God's way. The apostle Paul battled this, and here's what he says. He says, for though we walk in the world, meaning guess what? We have these thoughts that are gonna come to you and me. We do not fight according to this world's rules of warfare. The weapons of the war we're fighting are not of this world, but are powered by God and effective for tearing down strongholds, okay, perceived ways of thinking, okay? Erected against his truth, we are demolishing arguments and ideas and every high and mighty 
philosophy, wow, that pins itself against the knowledge of the one true God. We are taking captive every thought. Every thought matters. Every emotion. And subduing them into obedience to Jesus Christ, the anointed one. You see, we have an enemy. You have an enemy. He wants to control your mind. And God has given you and I weapons to be able to fight against that and to be able to win against that, against his truth, against who he is. And so what I want to do is I want to help you with that. And I'm going to be very simple, very straightforward, because I want you to reflect the mind of Christ. And this is so, 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 so important. So I'm going to come at you very straightforward, okay, in our thinking so that we can reflect Christ, okay? Now, we're told to be aware of Satan's schemes and strategy because he has schemes and he has strategy. And so let me give them to you. I'm going to be taking from Jenny Allen, get it out of your head. She shares this and it's so impactful. It's helped me a lot. And so she talks about the enemies and she talks about the weapon that we need to use against it. Let me give them to you. The first enemy is self-importance and we all have this. Why? Because it's in our world, it's in the marketing, it's in social media, it's in books. We're constantly fed over and over again that you and I should be the center of the universe. Everything should revolve around us, that we're the most important. And this is an enemy of our mind, okay? This is something that wants to land in your mind that you and I must evict because it's a, it's a self-inflated view of who you and I are. Does God love you? Absolutely. Are you valued? Absolutely. Are we the most important? No. See, this is why people get offended so easily because we get fed this message continually over and over again. So we're, we're, we're urged to protect ourselves, to promote how awesome we are, how great we are on Facebook. And what happens is we become more delusional and it separates us and it isolates us from people because we end up comparing. And so what's the weapon that we can use against self-importance? It's humility. It's humility. Matter of fact, humility is the, listen to me, humility is the number one weapon against anxiety. Against anxiety. Look at what Peter has to say in 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time. You see, I don't have to exalt my self-importance. You know why? Because at the proper time, God will take care of that. Here's a, another enemy, and that is noise. Noise. I mean, we don't like silence, do we? We're very uncomfortable with it. And so what happens is we fill our minds with, with noise. We fill our hearts with noise, constant noise. We get in the car, we turn on the, the radio, or, or we download a podcast. We have ear uh, spuds. We, we, we just listen, 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 because we keep our mind active. And yet the weapon against this is solitude, is solitude. You know, I remember talking to a leader who I admire, and I asked him, very high-profile leader, I said, Dave, I said, give me a nugget. And he said, Dwight, let me tell you. He said, you're a leader. You're busy. Your life is full. He said, you better practice solitude at least for 30 minutes a day. And he told me, he said, I wrecked my marriage because I didn't. He said, life got overwhelming. 
and I went down a path I shouldn't have gone. And he says, you need solitude. Here's what Psalms 46.10 says, surrender your anxiety, be still and realize that I am God. You see, when, when, when I practice solitude, okay, what happens is I'm saying, God, you're God and I'm not. You're in control and I'm not. And there can be, listen, there can be no winnable war for your mind and my mind apart from humility and solitude. It's in that quietness, it's in that stillness that you and I can begin to detect thoughts that want to to be lodged in your mind and in my mind, that wants to settle in your mind and in my mind. And recognizing them, we can interrupt them. That's why the enemy wants to fill your mind and my mind with noise, 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 noise. And so what we need to do is we need to be able to quiet our hearts before God, surrender our anxiety to him, and realize that he's God and that we're not. And then we can evict that which wants to be lodged in your mind and my mind that will lead us down a path of destruction. You see, here's what happens. I'm upset because I was passed over for a promotion at work that I deserved. Or I'm stressed out because I'm working overtime and I'm not even meeting the, 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 the goal. Or I'm anxious because I'm running behind on a project and I'm letting people down. You notice that pattern? You see, I'm upset because I was passed over for a promotion at work. What I need to remember is God hasn't forgotten me and at the proper time, he will what? He will lift me up. You know, I'm, I'm angry and I'm, I'm upset because she was rude to me. But you know what? I'm gonna remind myself that God is good and God's kindness is fresh every morning. I, I, I'm frustrated because I didn't get my commitment fulfilled, and yet I'm gonna choose to understand that God is patient and God is kind with me. You see how that works? But that takes solitude, surrendering to God, realizing who he is. Here's another enemy, and that is cynicism. Cynicism. The enemy's strategy is, is to flood your mind, my mind, with visions of all that is wrong in our world. And we live in a broken world to the point of where we don't see anything that's good. You know what? We, we, we develop a mindset of, of, of being cynical and finding the wrong in everything. And that'll mess with your head, I promise you. But our weapon is this, our weapon is delight. Our weapon is to choose to delight in God and be able to say, you're good. Life is hard, life is difficult, life isn't even fair, but God, you are good and we delight in him, knowing that he is faithful, knowing that he's good. Another enemy is isolation. Oh, this is a big one, my friends. Isolation will lead you to discontentment to being unsatisfied with things that once brought you joy. You see, the enemy, he wants to, he's like a roaring lion. And what do lions like to do? They like to separate an animal from the herd or from the flock. And that's what he wants to do for you and me. He wants you and I to be isolated. But our weapon is connection. Our weapon is community. That's why it's so important that you and I live life 
with other people, that we do life with other people. We say it like this here at New Point. Doing life alone is dangerous. But what happens many times is we believe the lies that we're unworthy and that we're not worth being known. And we're convinced that if we were known, that people would reject us. And yet I wanna tell you that you were not meant to be alone in the dark. And when you live in community, when you allow other people into your life, what happens is it turns on the light and the darkness has to flee. Here's another enemy, complacency. Complacency. Complacency means that, that you and I just want to be comfortable. We don't want to fight, but we're in a war. Complacency is finding our comfort and, and, and those things around us instead of in God. And so what happens is what God wants you and I to do is to take up the weapon of intentionality. You know what? I'm not going to be complacent. I'm, I'm not just going to sit on the couch. I'm not just going to separate myself from everybody else. I'm going to be intentional. I, I'm going to do some things whether I feel like it or not because I know that they are the right things. Remember, feel does not equal real, okay? We need to think more about how we're thinking than how we're feeling, and that'll lead you to intentionality. Here's, here's another one is victimhood. Victimhood. Now, I, I want you to know that there are real victims and they need real healing, but we live in a continual state of victimhood when we don't seek healing, when we don't seek help. You see, what happens is the enemy will offer you a lineup of options that will seem to comfort you, that will ultimately allow you just to lick your wounds, and one of those is a victim mentality. And I know what I'm talking about is not comfortable, but it's the truth. You see, I realize that there's injustice. I realize that there's people who have done things that are terrible and horrible against other people. But what I'm talking about is you and I getting stuck in the victimhood mentality and cycle. And what the enemy wants to think is that you don't have a choice. You do have a choice. And, 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 and what I would encourage us to do is to use the weapon of, of gratefulness of just saying, you know what, yeah, you know, this happened to me when I was a child. This happened to me in my marriage. This happened to me at work. But God, you're, you're, you're greater than that. And I'm grateful that you can take that which was meant for evil and you can turn it to good, that we are more than conquerors, that we're held by you. And I'm gonna focus on the good. I'm not just gonna concentrate on what was done to me or what wasn't given to me. I'm gonna focus on you. And then there's the enemy of anxiety, the big one, okay? And many of us find ourselves circling around problematic circumstances or people continually. And anxiety has basically become a soundtrack in our life. And so what happens is we hardly notice anything else around us. And as we look to the future, the enemy has ensnared us with these powerful words. What if those two little words that, that sets our imaginations in a swirlwind? And by the way, Paul says we cast down every imagination. And so what happens is we think, what if I get close to this person and she manipulates me like my last friend did? What if I join a small group and I feel 
out of place? What if my spouse cheats on me? What if my children tragically die? What if my boss decides I'm expendable? What if, what if, what if? And what happens is when we allow that to settle in our mind, the enemy goes in overdrive with fear and anxiousness and worry and threat. But I'm telling you, there is a God who loves you and he cares for you. And he wants you to use the weapon of trust to trust in him with all of your heart, knowing that he's in control. And so here's what I wanna do. I wanna encourage you to begin to hate those toxic thoughts of self-importance, complacency, victimhood, isolation. Because it's like I mentioned last week, they're a whole lot like sugar. At first they kinda taste good, but they end up doing tremendous damage to us. And so as I wrap up, let me ask you this question. Which of these three do you find yourself believing the most? I'm helpless, I'm worthless, I'm unlovable. See, ultimately, you get to choose. And what I'm encouraging you to do is to evict these lies from your life because they will affect your behavior, they will affect every relationship that you have. And so focus on that which is true. We have the power, we have the weapons to be able to take thought, every thought that Satan wants to put that you're helpless, that you're hopeless, that you're unworthy, that you're unlovable. And I believe what happens is this, when we take every thought captive and we put it against truth, you'll be set free. You shall know the truth and the truth will what? Set you free. Look at what it says here in Proverbs. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another person. You see, here's what I want you to know. If you're going to evict those thoughts and those strongholds in your life, you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. Evicting unhealthy thoughts and negative thoughts and letting them go means that you're gonna have to connect with some healthy people. You're gonna have to be with a group of healthy people. And so those people who are negative and speak negatively into your life, you need to put them out of your life. You must be in community with the right people who want to be able to think in the right way. And if you'll do that, I'm telling you, you will find your mental health being developed into a strong, sound mind. And so I wanna encourage you to go to newpoint.org slash groups during our 52 days. Lead a group, find a group, but get in a group. Don't wait, don't put it off, do it today. And I promise you, listen, the enemy wants you to live in isolation. And the key is for you to connect with God and connect with others. Pursue those relationships and you'll find yourself having the courage and the strength to evict those thoughts and those strongholds in your life that wants to lead you down a path of destruction, depression, and defeat. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you that you have preserved letters like Paul, who tells us that this is possible, that he had the same fight, he had the same war that we're experiencing and that you have given us weapons against Satan's plan 
and darts and strategies. And so today I pray for each and every one of us that we would be determined to evict those things that the enemy, those strongholds, those ways in which we perceive things and think about things that do not line up with your truth, that we would evict them and that we would live the fulfilling, purposeful life that you have for each and every one of us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.